0: Good morning I think we're we're ready to rock and roll here and uh, hopefully you guys are logging on and uh, we are officially doing our second uh, Facebook live video Um, I'll be honest with you I didn't think we'd have to do one of these until oh I don't know maybe next winter Um, but that's how it works in Michigan you guys know that so hopefully you guys are are safe and warm this morning and uh, hopefully none of you guys have lost power and I've heard some stories about uh, power flickering in Emily City so uh, we're good here and so hopefully you're good where you are and uh, we're so thankful you're with us today so we're just gonna give people a few more minutes to kind of jump on here hopefully people are are coming on uh, I gotta say I can't see the live video uh, for two reasons one because it would freak me out to see myself on camera and number two uh, because it just works easier to have it set up so I have a, a wonderful and beautiful camera woman Uh, Who is doing this for us? My wife Sandra is filming this for us and so uh, She is behind the camera today And so uh, what I'd like to do is start off with a couple announcements. So you guys go ahead and log in Um, I'm gonna take a drink of my coffee because I get to do this when we're at home So I'm just gonna use this amazing mug that we have here. Hmm. I don't know where I got this from, but it's pretty awesome So I'm taking a drink of that coffee There really is coffee in that too by the way, it's not just a prop um so a couple of announcements I want to start off with and uh, share with you guys before we get into the message this morning. Um, we have our Widow's Banquet coming up. That's going to be April 28th from 5 to 7 p.m. And uh, you can get more info actually right here on our Facebook page. Uh, we have an uh, image and some information about that right here on our page that you can share that uh, to your page. And if you know someone that's interested uh, that would like to be a part of our Widow's widower's Banquet, Uh, that is obviously completely free and just opens anyone in our community be a part of that so please have them contact the church office Uh, they can rsvp by calling the office and uh, setting that up and so we'd love to have them join us also want to let you know uh, we do have our quarterly business meeting coming up that's going to be april 29th following the evening service and uh, really want to encourage you to be a part of this service if you're a member of the church uh, if you're just a, a pretty active attender, we really want you to be a part of uh, this meeting. Uh, one of the reasons is we're going to share a lot of great things that the Lord's been doing uh, in and through North Goodland, and we want you to be a part of that great news. And then also I want to let you know uh, something that we as a church family get to consider about missions and uh, some things that we're going to be looking forward to doing in our missions program. So we really want to encourage you there. We want your opinion. Uh, we want your feedback. And so please make it a point on your calendar, April 29th, uh, following the evening service also want to let you know, uh, Ladies Spring Beach Party, uh, that's going to be going on May 5th at 2 p.m. Uh, the cost on that is $7 for adults, $3 for uh, those that are 5 to 12 years old. Uh, so you don't want to miss out uh, on this event, ladies. It's going to be a great time. And uh, I was told you're supposed to bring your favorite beach towel. Uh, I have no idea why, uh, but I would just do whatever Maggie and Mary say. So bring that beach tower towel. And uh, if you have any questions, you can contact uh, Mary Berry or Maggie MacArthur at the church there and they'd give you more information on that. Uh, you can also sign up, I believe, at the Welcome Center this coming Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, also want to let you know, Word of Life store is going on uh, Wednesday, May 9th, and are, they are accepting donations to the store for different items. Uh, Those items are due May 6th. And so the store is on May 9th. The items are due May 6th. Uh, At the Welcome Center, you can turn those in and you can contact Sandra if you have any questions. Uh, Also, just a quick reminder, uh, if you'd like to give your weekly offering uh, without having service today, uh, you can do that online. You can go on our app, uh, North Goodland BC in the App Store. You can also go on our website and give that way as well. And so we do of course, are so thankful for all that the the gifts that have been given. Uh, we appreciate so much your support of our ministry here, and just all that we're able to do uh, in our community, as well to as well as to the world around us through missions. And so, uh, just so thankful for every generous gift uh, that you give, and we're really appreciative of that. So, um, but that's all the announcements I wanted to share this morning. Like I said, just kind of get us started. And so, hopefully, we've got a handful of you guys that are on here um, and checking in and, and checking it out. Obviously. Uh, We hope that maybe you'll come back later, uh, maybe share this video with some family and friends, uh, if you think it'd be a blessing to them. And uh, obviously, we can't wait to, again, worship together with you this coming Wednesday at 645. And so let's do this. Uh, We're going to open in prayer. uh, And then after that, um, we are going to jump into the devotion this morning. And uh, Ray Garcia texted me yesterday and said that he thought I should go for 45 minutes this morning preaching So if you get a little bored at any point in the message, you can just text him and say, thanks, man, I appreciate you, and I'm sure he would love to hear from you. So, uh, but let's do this. Let's pray, and we'll ask the Lord to bless this time this morning as we continue to worship him. Father, we do thank you for any opportunity we have to gather around your word. And Father, we know that the weather being what it is, uh, we are unable to meet together in person this morning, but I'm so thankful for the technology that you've given us that we can still come together, still worship you as the body of Christ, Uh, No matter how far away we may be from each other physically, uh, we come together today, Lord, and just excited about what you're going to do through our lives and through your word uh, this morning. Father, we pray that you would just uh, be with those, Lord, this morning that are struggling without power, and maybe that have gotten uh, worse weather than what we have, and I pray, Lord, you just minister to them, and may your grace be real for them. Uh, Father, we do praise you for all that you do in our lives, and we ask you to open up your word to us as we continue to look to you for all things Father, we thank you and we love you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, at this time, I would normally have, or maybe a little bit before this, we would have a special for our offering. Um, and Sandra was supposed to sing this morning, so I'm going to have her sing her solo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make her sing a solo on Facebook Live. Um, that got a crack up out of her, so I'm sure she enjoyed that. So, uh, but this morning, what I do want to do is, uh, I really want to just talk a little bit about uh, just a great word of encouragement to all of us to stay focused uh, today and through this week on what does it really mean to live the good life? What is the good life? Um, In our world today, there are many ideas on what it means to live the good life. Uh, Just out of curiosity, by a show of hands, uh, how many of you would say you'd like to live the good life? Just raise your hand if you'd like to live the good life. Okay, great. Uh, I am kind of curious how many of you just raised your hand uh, just out of reaction. Couldn't really resist doing that to you. So if you did raise your hand, just comment below. You got me. I raised my hands, and uh, that would be a great encouragement to many, I'm sure. So, uh, but no, in all honesty, uh, if we're being if we're being real this morning, I would raise my hand. Uh, I would say that I think every person wants to live the good life, wants to live a life that is one that is full of good things and blessings. And um, I used to work with a, a guy at the hardware store that used to always say whenever you ask him how you doing, he always say I'm living the dream. And uh, I'm pretty sure he meant it quite sarcastically considering uh, that I don't think he ever really thought he was living the dream. But we say things like that in today's culture and it's a way of kind of being sarcastic that we're not living the dream. Uh, We're not really living the fullness of what we want and sometimes we have different ideas on that. What that looks like to live the good life. Uh, Some think it's about being happy all the time or having everything you want right when you want it. Uh, Some would say it's all about family and making sure all their needs are met. But is that really all God intended this life to be for us? Or could there be something deeper? Could there be something more than just what we see around us? Maybe not based in our circumstances, but in our condition before God. And so before we even get into really what does it look like to live the good life, I want to ask you this morning, do you know Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? See a lot of churches preach a lot of messages. And and a lot of times people come into a church or a service and And they kind of come in with these different ideas and they leave maybe hearing a good message, a good moral message, but not really understanding the deeper value of what God would have for them. And I just want to encourage you right now that without Christ and knowing him personally, you can never experience the fullness of what God has for you. You'll never experience the fullness of his peace and his joy, even in the midst of struggle and chaos. He's still there for you if you know him as your Savior. And so I want to invite you to open your hearts in this morning. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, as you're watching this video on Facebook Live, or maybe you're watching it back later, maybe you would just say, God, I I don't know if everything that I've heard about you is true, but if you are real, would you just show yourself to me? Uh, I believe that God loves you so much that he sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for your sins, to be buried in a borrowed tomb and to rise again on the third day. And if you would receive that into your heart and life today by putting your faith and trust in Christ, you can know him and the forgiveness of your sins. And so I want to encourage you to make that decision before anything else today. But if you've made that decision to, in your life and you're, you know Christ your Savior, then maybe today we can start talking about what does it mean to live the good life. And I just want to look in First Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to start this morning. And I believe that we can find the answer to the question, what is required for a good life, or the good life, First, uh, Second Peter, Chapter One, and Verse Three. Uh, listen to Peter as he writes here to the church. He says, "Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the net, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them." You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You see, in just these couple of verses, Peter tells us the very important key to understanding what life is all about, to understanding what true life is all about. And first thing we see here is... Has got a little technical difficulty going on back there? Okay, good. Just making sure that I heard a weird echo. So... Um, So what we find here is there's three keys to really experiencing what it means to to live the good life, to experience what is required for life, if you will. And I think the first key we see in these first two verses that we looked at is his promises. His promises. Uh, We see the promise of his calling. He says in verse 3, "...seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory." And excellence, You see, he called us by his grace. And when we receive that grace, we discover a connection to our Father in heaven, as I was just talking about, through Christ. He demonstrated his power and goodness and grace and mercy to us through salvation. It is by this demonstration that we are given all we need for this life. I want you to just stop for a moment. I want us to let that sink in for a moment. That everything that is required for life, Peter says... Everything that is required and pertaining to life is given to us by the promises of God. By his love and grace and glory and goodness, he has granted to us everything we need for life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that. I start thinking it's about the things I own or possess. It's about the stuff that I have. It's about how happy I am in life and all these other circumstantial things. But he says here, no, no, no. It is all based in the promises of of god for you in his grace and in his glory but he doesn't just give us a promise of his calling he also gives us a promise of deliverance you see this is a present deliverance we are not consumed by this world but by the world to come we are not consumed by this world but by the world to come he says here in verse four for by these he grant to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, the world, right now, this world, by lust. What an amazing truth that is to know that we are delivered from this present world. This is also a future deliverance. You see, we are sealed by his divine nature. That is, as Charles Ryery says it in his study Bible, the believer shares in the life of God by means of Christ, and his spirit living in him Romans 8 chapter 9 or Romans 8 verse 9 and Galatians 2 and verse 20 you see we have received Christ in the fulfillment of promises that were made thousands of years before Christ was even born and began all the way back in the garden of Eden when God promised to bring redemption and reconciliation to mankind so we understand that to live the good life to have all that is required for life we have to have first his promises but secondly we have his spirit His spirit. Look at verses five through eight. And before we even read these, I want you to really listen to these words and think about what he's really saying here and how difficult this is for so many of us to understand. And I don't know about you, but when I read these words, I know that I fall short so often in my own life. In verse five, he says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Now, I want you to listen to verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, if they are yours and they're increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you read these verses in verses 5 through 8 and you list these things about self-control and perseverance and godliness and kindness and brotherly kindness and love and all these things, I struggle with that so often in my life. As I know many of us do. We all battle in some way with living up to these things that God asks of us, but how do we even touch to these things? How do we get to these things in our lives? And, and He doesn't say it specifically here, but I believe it's by His Spirit. You see, he's given us his promises, but he's also given us his spirit to live within us. That's that divine nature that we're partaking of. Our faith is to be supplemented. Peter tells us that the rest of what he writes is based in the truth of the fulfilled promises of God in Christ we have received in his salvation. He says it in verse 5 Now, for this very reason also. What reason? Well, the reason he told us in verses 3 and 4 that he has made us partakers with him. He says, because of that, I can give you the rest of this list of what does it look like to live for Him and to live the good life. It's found in understanding who you are in Christ. You see, our faith is to be accompanied by evidences in our lives, works that are produced. And we are to strive after those works. The Bible says to give all diligence, to strive after, to hunger after those things. We do this by hungering after righteousness by His grace and through His Spirit. And when we do this and we actively pursue these things in our lives by a choice we make to endure these things, we see the fruit of the Spirit is produced. This is really all this list is talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. And again, he doesn't list it here, but we know in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. You see, while again not mentioned here, this fruit of the Spirit is produced in the life of a believer who is allowing himself to be indwelt at the moment of salvation by the Spirit, and then also equipped or filled with the Spirit daily. It has always been the mark of a follower of Christ to understand that no matter where this life takes us, we are here to reflect His character to the world around us. It will feel like work often in our lives. That's why Peter says to give all diligence. Give all diligence. There's effort there. There's work there. There's this idea that I have to pursue this thing. I can't just lay back in my Christianity and and think that it's just going to flow naturally. I mean, it will flow out of me, but I have to be guarded from pursuing the things of this world and fruitful in pursuing the things of God and Christ. And when I'm actively pursuing those things in His Word, it will flow out of me as a result of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. You see, we are to reflect His character to the world around us. It will feel like work, especially when the flesh is making you believe that you should just do it your way or do what feels good in the moment. But when you feel that temptation rise in your life, you feel that temptation rise up to just kind of do it your way and just maybe not focus as much on these characteristics. And you know what? You have a right to be mad at that person. You have a right to be angry. You have a right to get vengeance and to be bitter. You have a right to hold unforgiveness because, I mean, they don't really deserve it anyway. I mean, they don't really deserve your kindness. Look at how they treated you. When you feel those temptations rising up inside of you, you have to remind yourself of what Peter reminds us of here. What's really pushing you? What's stri- What's driving you, rather, to strive for those things? In Christ it's not the fear of God necessarily although yes we fear him but Peter says man it is understanding the goodness and the promises of God he says everything else I'm writing to you is based in this idea that you have received these promises the fulfillment of these things and that's what drives us to give all the diligence to these things in our lives when we understand that it is the goodness and glory of God that he has shown to us that drives us this will lead to fruitfulness And our understanding of Christ and his call in our lives. We have all felt useless to God. We've all felt like, how could God possibly use me? I can't do what God is calling me to do. We feel useless. But Peter says here, no, 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 listen, in verse 8, "...for if these qualities, all of these characteristics of the Spirit are yours and are increasing. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful." and the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is that reality that drives me to remind myself that I am not useless for God, that he can use me and he will produce fruit through me. You see, God here shows us the solution to feeling useless for him, and it's growing and increasing in these spirit-filled works. So we've discovered in just a few moments that his promises and his spirit is required for this life to live the good life. But thirdly, One last thing I want to look at before we wrap it up is not only his promises in his spirit, but also his assurances, his assurance. Look at verse nine of second Peter one. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent there's that word again Peter saying listen we have got to make a point of focusing on this thing and put work into this thing he says be the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you that phrase choosing you in a lot of translations is just the word election it just means that god chose us as his children See, so he says here be make sure certain of your calling and choosing you for as long as you practice these things you will never stumble For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Peter says here that we cannot forget. That those who are in Christ who lack these qualities or evidences, they are blind and short-sighted. That's some pretty harsh language from the Apostle Peter to the people in this church that he's writing to. And I don't know about you, but I have chosen at times to be short-sighted in this life. And to only see what's right in front of me instead of looking ahead to the big picture. You know, as we said last week in our message last Sunday morning, that we need an eternal focus. We need to have an eternal perspective on this life. And when we get our eyes off the eternal perspective and we start focusing on what's around us in the immediate, we have a very short-sighted view of this life. And what leads in our lives next, after having a short-sighted view is the idea of making short-sighted decisions. And what that means is I make decisions on where I'm trusting and who I'm trusting and what I'm doing with my resources based on what I see, not an eternal perspective. And we actually become blind to the truth of what God has for us and the truth of who we are called to be. And we become useless in the knowledge of Christ. We become unfruitful. Not because our character, or I mean our condition rather, has changed, but because our understanding, our perspective has changed. We've blinded ourselves. We've become short-sighted because we're not abounding in these characteristics that the Holy Spirit desires to produce in us. Peter shares that the foundation of this blindness to the real life we must live is found in forgetting that our sins were purged or washed away in Christ. We must live every moment dwelling on the truth that our sins were cleansed. And as we live right now in this life, We have to remember those truths. But specifically the truth that our sins were cleansed. Man, I I don't think we really forget. It's not like we forget our salvation. We forget that we were saved or that we were forgiven of our sins. I don't think that's the case. But I think we live as though we forget. And I think we fall into this trap so easily in our flesh. And so I want to remind all of us that we need to purpose in our hearts and minds to remember, to dwell on the reality that you Once were a sinner on your way for hell, and Jesus Christ died for you, gave his life for you, and that by grace you can receive his salvation. You can be purged and washed of all your old sins and made new, the Bible says. And when we dwell in that remembrance, it will change how we live for him. Often in scripture, the term blindness is used for the unbelievers. And while that's true in some cases, some passages say that Satan has blinded those in this world to the knowledge of Christ, that their eyes have been hid, if you will, from the gospel. And while it's true, sometimes it's mentioning unbelievers. I believe in this passage, based on the rest of the verse, that this blindness is not referring to an unbeliever that needs to be saved, but to somebody that has already received salvation, but is living as though they are blind. We did a series a couple, uh, maybe even a couple of years ago, uh, The Christian Atheist. Someone that says they believe in God but lives as though he doesn't really exist. That's kind of what Peter is saying here. You say you're a follower of Christ and you know Christ is your Savior, but yet you're living as though you're blind. You can't really see. And so for me, this is a great reminder that I need to check my vision. Because when we see correctly, Peter says, we will not stumble. That's an amazing promise. He goes on to say this in verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and uh, in choosing you. And as, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. That's a powerful truth. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get tired of stumbling. And I want to remind myself every single time I fall, man, it, I get up by his grace. I'm sustained by his grace. But if we will dwell in the reality of that before we ever stumble, it will keep us from stumbling. I love that Peter gives us yet another reason to give all diligence to pursuing a supplemented faith. He says, if you make sure of your calling in Christ, keep focused on Christ, abiding in him, you will not stumble. Really, this idea is all throughout scripture. Paul tells the church in the Philippians to work out your own salvation between you and God. He also goes on to remind another church of the truth that if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So often we think that our stumbling is bound to happen and we have no control over it. I mean, after all, we're just human, right? Some make that excuse and use that as a reasoning why they go into sin willfully and they'll say, oh, I never saw it coming when in reality they went into it headlong. They, They just dove right into that sin. But the reality is, That if I will, if you will, as a follower of Christ, allow his spirit to be active in us. You have him in the moment of salvation and you can be filled with him moment by moment in everyday life. And as he is indwelling you and active and moving in you, and you're just allowing him to produce that fruit in your life, and you're striving towards these things, you're making conscious efforts towards these things that he talks about. And when the flesh rises up and say, no, no, get angry and be mad and take vengeance, you remind yourself, no, 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 I'm going to be kind, affectionate and loving. And as you're battling that out, the more you allow the spirit to control you and to lead you, the more you will find you will not stumble into those traps of sin and self, and you will find yourself in victory day after day after day, not because you did it, but because of His grace in you. The amazing truth is that if you will give everything you are to chasing after His presence out of sheer response to His goodness and His grace, you will not stumble but realize that His grace can live this life through you in the same manner That we will enter his kingdom one day. We can live right now. That's what he says in verse 11. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. One day in Christ, we will enter his kingdom. We will be with him for eternity. And Peter is saying here, we can live in a way that reflects that reality. Not the stuff we see around us today. And really, ultimately, living the good life means focusing on the eternal kingdom. Peter reminds us that although this word wants us to think differently, all we need in this life to live the good life is found in Christ. The Apostle Peter here is writing this word of encouragement to believers who were under great persecution and maybe believed that they should just kind of give up, walk away from the faith. I don't know about you, but sometimes we all feel tempted to make that choice as well, to just give up and walk away. But I want to remind us, what motivates us to live this life for Christ? What motivates, what drives us? It's the goodness and glory of our amazing God that pushes us to give all of ourselves to him because he has given us all of himself. He has given us his very nature, his divine nature. He has guaranteed us a home with him for eternity because of his love for us. And that is where our focus and vision lies. And so I want to wrap this up. We're going to pray in just a second, but I want to wrap this up and just remind all of us that we have to give all diligence peter says and i know that's something maybe we hear a lot and we think okay that sounds good but i really want to encourage you this week be purposeful in the decisions you make be intentional in how you live this life uh, I'm, a, I'm a creature of reaction and often i will say things or do things out of just sheer reaction to what happened before uh, somebody says something i just react somebody does something i just react um, and we can blame it on a lot of things, but the truth is, we make a choice. Every time we open our mouths, we make a choice. So I want to encourage you, before you open your mouth this week and say something, ask yourself, man, am I being diligent to live out this, this evidence, this, this proof, if you will, that I've received the love of Christ in my life? Am I giving all efforts to pursuing Christ in these things? So I want to encourage you this week, enjoy his grace, enjoy his presence. Um, I want to pray, and after we pray, um, just make another comment or two. But I'm going to ask that, I don't know it's Facebook Live, but would you just pray with me as we kind of wrap up this message today? Father, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. And Father, I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your spirit and I thank you for your assurance that you remind us that if we've received your promise of salvation in Christ that we are saved from our sins. You've given us your Holy Spirit that will produce the things in our lives that are needed so that we can live this life to the fullness of what you have for it to be. And you've also given us your assurance that one day we will leave this world and enter your kingdom by your grace. And so I pray that our vision our focus is on those things. That when we talk about living the good life or living life as a whole, that it's not on anything circumstantial. I mean, those things are good. Father, there's nothing wrong with the blessings that we have in this life. There are so many good and great things you bless us with, family and friends and health, possessions. So many blessings. But Father, greater than all of those, living the good life means knowing you personally and being known by you experiencing your promises, your spirit and your assurance that we know you. And so father, I pray that we would go deeper this week in our knowledge of you, that we would give all diligence to pursuing these things by your spirit and that you would be glorified in all of it. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today, clicking on and, uh, I pray that it's been a blessing to you. Uh, Again, I I dearly, dearly miss seeing everyone. Um, There's nothing better than joining together physically as the body of Christ to worship. Uh, But I'm so excited again that we have this opportunity to still come together as the body of Christ. Uh, I pray you have a great week this week. I can't wait to see you guys on Wednesday night, 645. Uh, We've got the kids and the teens, the adult Bible study in Hebrews going on. A lot of great things going on, so don't forget about that. Um, If you have any questions, uh, you can just obviously message us or reach out to us in some way. We'd love to answer more questions for you. And uh, we do pray you have a great week this week. God bless, and we'll see you guys Wednesday.